right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today it's all about moving metal. I wish we were like X-Men, Bird. You know what I'm saying? Where you could just think it and have metal warp and bend and move the way you need it to move. But today we got, I mean, he's kind of the X-Men of metal. Ron Cavell from Cavell Creative Metalworking. And I got to tell you, man, this guy is unreal with it, right? Oh, he is a guru of metal. I mean, and anything you want to do, whether it's machining it, folding it, squashing it, stretching it, shaping it. Uh, he is kind of like, um, you know, one of those legendary people that have been doing this for decades and decades and decades that knows all the in and outs and all the tricks. And the coolest thing about Ron is he shares that. Like he teaches it. He's a, he's yeah. a metal shaping, metal working teacher that you can learn, uh, you know, whether it's through uh, his DVD collections, or whether it's through his workshops, so you kind of get that, you know, in person, like almost kind of that hands-on at least uh, approach in small forms. And you too could be kind of like that next guy, right? Hey, man! Before we get him off of our podcast today, remind me to get his DVD sent to me, okay? Definitely, Shh. definitely. Between you Two and me, sets. you know, when you look at when you look at metal and metallurgy, it's simply the science of metal and metal alloys, and you know everything from the selection of the correct type of metal, uh, the composition, the gauge, the thickness. You know, everything kind of plays into effect. It, it, it was really funny because when I started on Two Guys Garage, I had done a little bit of welding, but nothing like what I've learned over the last several years. And I got to tell you, it was really you know Kevin Bird, my partner in crime on our TV show. Guys, garage that really had me, you know, up against the wall like a full court press learning how to move metal. And when people tell you that metal moves like fluid, it's really difficult to understand until you see it, until you can, you know, take a dolly and a hammer and just go ting, 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 ting. And then the molecules start heating up and all of a sudden, you know, you get little dents, little movement in it. And you're like, wait, it really does. And obviously when you get into welding and shaping and forming, you see it on a much grander scale, but metal truly moves like a fluid. And that blew me away when I first realized it and, and started to learn it. Well, for, for, I mean, most of us, right? It's like this, you know, crazy black art, right? I mean, you, you, you hear about it, and obviously in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you see little pieces of it, you know, on different TV shows, whether it's, you know, motorcycle building, doing a tank or a fender, 
you know, somebody's making a little custom patch panel or just going full on. Uh, but you only see pieces of it enough to realize that there's a tool and a skill, but not enough to know how it all comes together. And it's no different really than, you know, finished carpentry, right? You got your basic tools, yeah. whether it's a jigsaw, a chop saw, you know, you got a little coping saw, you got files to finish things. And it's knowing what a file can do versus a chop saw, right? Okay, I'm going to chop it first and, you know, maybe I file off a little sharp edge or some burrs, you know. And these are things that we learn, a lot of us growing up with our dad or uncle nearby or something, right, where we're doing house projects, we've got the, you know, the basic tools out. But most of us don't get that exposure to the metal. And what's great about, like, you know, Ron, and you could take, again, one of his courses is uh, you can take the voodoo out of it, the black magic out of it, and turn it into a, just a series of simple steps. And, you know, what's what's really funny... And <laughs> you I, say simple, you say simple, but for the <laughs> most part, it, it is something... You know what you need? Like they say, so I do radio, for those of you that don't know, and every time we play a traffic report where there's congestion... The, the traffic people always say, pack your patience, you know, and that's something you really, truly need to learn when working metal, patience. And, you know, the, one of the things that I, I first learned about welding, the ABCs of welding is always be comfortable. Patience and being comfortable in what you're doing will take you a long way, but having the skill, the craft that Ron has, and just, just all the experience. I mean, let's be honest, Kev, what was the biggest whoops you've ever done? Because when I first started, it was like cut your way in and weld your way out scenarios. I was like, I'll figure it out. Let's get it, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, going in, one of my, my biggest tips, um, things I've learned, kind of like you said, it's about being patient uh is when you're you know heating up metal welding it uh it's going to shrink and so right your panels shrink and if you're doing let's say a patch panel if you just weld it it'll shrink on you and all of a sudden the whole panel sucks in and you're just like dude uh and it warps the rest of the panel you're like "Ah." yeah but if you just you know do a couple spots set the welder down grab your hammer dolly and where that one little spot weld is starting to shrink you hit it with the hammer dolly, so you flatten it and you stretch it back out, and your panel stays the right shape the whole time. So, you know, spot, 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 spot across, you know, some distance, not right next to each other. Tap, 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 sure. tap, tap. Then you pick your welder back up. You know, that's that's mine as far as, you know, getting on big, flimsy, thin stuff that wants to move on you, right? Yeah. That's that patience. Patience, thing. man. Yeah. Patience. <laughs> Well, look, I'm really excited. Enough about our flaws and how we work it. Let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, Ron Cavell, who is the man behind Cavell Creative Metalworking. I'm telling you guys, grab a pen, grab a paper, take some notes. You're going to learn something today. We're back with Ron Cavell the Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Appreciate you guys joining us today. Today it's all about moving metal. And I'm not talking about picking it up, you know, and carrying it from one side of the garage <laughs> to the other side. I'm talking about watching metal actually take shape and form and being able to manipulate it in ways that you can move it, bend it, flex on it, push it out, push it in, you know, and create really fluid looks curves designs it's great man when you have that skill set and you know you're masterful at moving metal it's i'm telling you it's an art 
And you don't have to, you know, take it to the full extent. Like if you have any interest at all, you don't have to feel like, oh, I, I got to shape a whole car. It could be just a tiny little patch panel for a vehicle that you can't get sheet metal for, yeah. right? I mean, it could be anything, little projects, little anything, uh, whether it's just creative stuff or, you know, putting into your race car or something that's a full custom hot rod or whatnot. And, yeah, you know, this is kind of a topic that's near and dear to us, you know, like, so I finished off my, my wide body BMW, you know, several years ago, you know, all in steel. Yeah, Willie's man. got his badass 67 Charger wide body, all in yeah. steel going on right now. I'm kicking off my next wide body project. And you know what all three of those have in common? I, it's obvious that we like women with big hips. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. We love big power, big tires. And a lot of metal around them. So. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> well, without further ado, man, I think another guy that likes women with big hips, I mean metal, is Ron Cavell. So, Ron, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, man. And let, let me ask you, when did you first start manipulating metal? Like, when did you first pick up uh, a hammer and dolly or, a, a, you know, a torch and start playing with, with what, is, you know, what has become, in essence, your craft, your skill, your signature? Well, I think it first started about 1964. I had recently graduated from high school, and through high school, I was just fascinated with cars in every way. I mean, I studied engines, I studied transmissions, uh, drivetrains, I studied suspension design, chassis design, but my overriding interest was in the bodies of the cars, the styling and the way the bodies were. Well, Ron, hold on, Ron, now... You, you set it up to a point, I have to ask, what was your favorite car in Oh, high gosh. I, um, I had a lot of them. I mean, 1932 Fords have always been near and dear to yeah. my heart. But, you know, it wasn't too many later that the Lamborghini okay. Miura came out, and that just captured <laughs> my fancy as well. Wow. So uh, I, I have pretty broad taste when it comes to the automobile. Yes, yes, you do. So high school, you're fascinated with the body, and that just that just turned into a passion that has, has taken you it throughout did, your entire yeah. life. Yeah, and I didn't quite know how to begin. So the very first step I took was I enrolled in a collision repair class at a local junior college, and I learned about you know hammers and dollies and files okay. and the basics of welding, and that was the start of it. But in that class, one of my fellow students worked for a guy who built aluminum dragster bodies. I thought, wow, I got to meet this guy and see how he does what he does. So I arranged a meeting with a man named Arnie Roberts. This is in San Jose, California, about 1964. And uh, basically, I just kept showing up. And first, he let me sweep the floor. And then pretty soon, he let me pick up a hammer. And he let me do it more and more and more. And I, I kind nice. of learned by osmosis, really. Uh, Arnie was a very talented guy, but not really focused on teaching. So I had to really observe him carefully and mimic what he was doing to pick up the skills that he had. Now, now, Ron, when I watch people, I, I, there's been a lot of trial and error, mostly error. You know, when I when I first started working with metal, that, that's a it's a hard way to go about learning. And as somebody that's self-taught, typically, in my opinion, learns you know a different way to move it and make it you know make it their own is that kind of what happened with you well um yes it is i i learned a lot the hard way i mean 
to his credit, Arnie did give me several key pointers at just the right time to keep me from going down a blind alley. So he saved me a lot of time in, in learning the metalworking techniques. But everyone has to learn to do it their own way. So I, I got to take one of Ron's classes maybe 10 years ago. Uh, you know, he does workshops at different shops around the country. And he was at, uh, you know, an old buddy of mine, Brian Fuller, an old co-host. Uh, so I got to sit down, you know, for a weekend. So it was Saturday, Sunday. And, um, you know, Saturday you'd done, uh, I think, a, a really nice sweeping fender. So, you know, from the front, it rolls around the tire, but it doesn't just stop. It actually sweeps back. So you've got curvature going one way and then blending back in the other way. And I think then we did uh, kind of a motorcycle tank with all kinds of features. And you did such a great job of breaking down the problem, right? So here we are. Here's the thing we want to make. Right. And where do you even start? Right. Do you try to get all the shape into one? Like what do the different tools do? Right. Uh, just, you know, we talked about before the break, you know, chop saw does, you know, certain things and you can swing the angle and blah, blah, blah. But that's about it. And then, you know, these other tools are going to do these things. So it's like, well, how do I end up making this complex shape? And like what you say about going into a dark hole, uh, you can start working, you know, a piece of sheet metal and it, you know, it can work harden. So it gets harder to work with, you know, as you're working it. And, and if you get shape into it, it gets even harder to work with. And the next thing you know, you've overworked something and now you got to start over. And, and I think, you know, one of, one of the things I really got out of the class and, and Ron, maybe you can talk about like your experiences, how you, you got to be able to break things down into, into these little steps, right? I'm going to, I'm going to use the bag, you know, a sandbag or you know, shot peen bag with a mallet first, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to straighten that out on an English wheel, or, you know, am I going to use my shrinker first, right? Am I going to cut the panel and, and, and do this part in these series of steps, and then I'll weld and join it to this part of the panel because I can't, you know, work too much at one time. You know, how in your, in your steps, you know, kind of learning and growing up, did you go from uh, you know, learning and having the basic capabilities to realizing that you have now got a set of skills and want to share that with other people and start to teach? Well, um, good question. Uh, kind of hard to answer in a few short sentences, but um, the reason I started teaching is because a group of friends got together and sort of corralled me and they said, Ron, you've got to put together a class. I mean, for years I'd been talking about it. Oh, yeah, maybe someday I'll teach a class. And I said that year after year and didn't do it. So finally my, my friends cornered me and said, Ron, set a date. We'll be there. Just show up. And um, I, so I set a date and people showed up and I taught a class. And the first one was pretty awkward for me because I knew how to move metal very well at that stage but I didn't know how to clearly explain the process to other people. I mean, people who came got a lot out of that class, but I realized, you know, I've really got to learn how to put this process into words that everyone can understand. So uh, I got better with every workshop I taught. Everyone's mind works differently, but I think the way mine works is I try and break things down to the simplest steps, the simplest processes and get rid of all the unnecessary concepts, words, tasks that you can. And of course, that's a great tool for allowing people to learn things as well. So that's kind of the process I went through. Okay, 
I got a question for you, Ron. Since you've taught all these classes, courses, and you've seen all the ins and outs, what are the biggest common mistakes? What would you say are the top three mistakes that people are prone to make when they're first trying to understand how to move and shape metal? Well, Kevin actually touched on this in his introduction. Um, Every time you weld metal, it shrinks. And the way you fix that is by hammering on dolly. When you hammer on dolly, the compression that the hammer gives to the metal on top of the dolly stretches it out. So typically people weld something, it warps, and they think they have to shrink it more to get rid of the distortion. And of course, that's a step in the wrong direction. So just understanding that welding shrinks and that you have to hammer it to stretch it out, that's probably the greatest mistake that most people make. Okay, and what would two and three be? And I hope people are taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm writing it down. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, uh, number two is uh, people start hammering without good control. So one or two hammer blows in the wrong spot can cause more damage than do any good at all. So you really need to control the process. And of course, in the beginning, nobody has excellent control. But the better you can control exactly where the hammer touches the metal, the more accurate you can be as you're bringing panels back into shape if they're distorted or if you're shaping panels from scratch. If you're starting with flat metal trying to make a particular shape, you really have to control closely where the hammer hits the metal. And when I say close, your hits need to be within within about a quarter inch of where your target is. That's the kind of precision you need. Jump in, Ron. You know, um, to move metal a lot, you need a, a big tool, something like a brake to, you know, fold it, uh, something like an English wheel or, um, you know, a shrinker or whatever uh, to, to grossly move it. But it's kind of grossly there, not precisionly there. And then that's where I think the hammer dolly comes in is, uh, you know, you've moved it in a big way, perhaps, but now you got to tune it in. Now you got to dial it in now you got to take the wrinkle out or you know make sure it's not sunk in on you or whatever and that's that's kind of that little skill with the hammer dolly where you're hammering on dolly so you actually smack the metal between the dolly and the and the hammer so like he said you you're hitting it and you're thinning it so now it's stretching or whether you're off dolly where you're just kind of taking a high spot versus a low spot and you're kind of using a little bit of let's say leverage there to hold the metal off to the side but you know, hit the high spot down. Uh, so that's probably one of the critical skills. But you can learn that on the fly, like as you're going, right? You're you're kind of getting this bulk movement down with a couple of, you know, slightly larger machines than a hammer dolly. And then you're using the hammer dolly in conjunction to kind of keep it tuned in. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So the hammer and dolly are the tools for moving metal in small increments. So it's, it's the finish work. Um, If I'm starting with a flat piece of metal trying to make a uh, complicated shape, I might start with a mallet and sandbag to rough out the shape. And then once I have the shape roughed out that way, I'd smooth it with a hammer and dolly. All right, so we got to take a break right now. We'll come back more with Ron Cavell from Cavell Creative Metalworking. I got to ask him, how long did it take him 
to you know be able to learn a difference on what a shrinker and stretcher will do because man you know how many times i've shrunk something and i meant to stretch it or i stretch something and i meant to shrink it <laughs> oh, i'm telling you <laughs> that was it took me a, it must have took me i don't know 15 18 months to figure it out to to where i'm comfortable doing it i'm like i think i need to shrink this side and anyway we'll get back to it here in just a second it's the two guys garage podcast with kevin bird and willie b It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's the man, Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. <laughs> Today, man, we have Ron Cavell. Now, this guy is the master of metal, y'all. I know you thought that was Metallica. Not true. Cavell created metalworking. He is the guy that can move metal in ways that, you know, what's the, uh, hey, Bird, what's the X-Men guy I'm thinking about? The, um, oh, come on, the guy. What's the guy? Yeah, man, what is that guy? Um... I'll think of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you the guy, it's Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is the X-Man. We don't need that other guy. He, Ron doesn't even need the helmet. Magneto. <laughs> right? Magneto. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's Magneto. It, so, Ron, did you, were there tools that you initially had that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't quite figure out, you couldn't quite get right? Did, were there were there things that, you know, you flipped backwards 180 degrees? Because I seem to do that a lot with the stretcher and shrinker, you know? I'm like, oh, I need to shrink this. I need to turn, you know, with this ridge. I got to do this this way. And it took me forever to figure that out. I guess it's just time, but... Man, I was doing it backwards for a minute. Well, let me assure you that even to this day, I occasionally stretch something when I really should shrink it. I mean, where it gets difficult is with a reverse <laughs> curve. You know, I don't make that mistake often, yes, but, yeah. but, you know, I've made that mistake within the last couple of months, and I'll do it again in another oh couple of God. months. I feel so much better about myself, Ron. <laughs> Thank you, man. I needed that. I'll send you a 20 in the mail. Let me add something else, because it's interesting. The man I apprenticed with, Arnie Roberts, the man who built Ractor Bodies, he didn't have any sophistication whatsoever. He didn't have a bending brake. He didn't have a shrinker. He didn't have a stretcher. So he did all of his shaping, essentially, with a mallet and sandbag, a hammer and a dolly, and an oxyacetylene welder. And wow. he did absolutely incredible work with those tools. Well, that kind of... Okay, that's a great point because it kind of shows you that you don't need a pull max, you know, or, you know, some really other high dollar, really expensive, unattainable stuff to get a lot of shaping. And and maybe the question to you, Ron, is, right, because a lot of people might be intimidated like, okay, I'm not a professional. I'm not going to get into this. So, you know, I, I can't afford an English wheel or I can't afford, you know, a, a planishing hammer. What are the minimum kind of tools that you think... Um, you know, and maybe the stair step. So, you know, hey, get these little entry-level tools first and you can do a lot of stuff. And then your next big purchase would be this. What are the kind of entryways for people to start getting into, you know, some basic shaping of metal? I suggest that people start with a few good hammers and a few good dollies. That's really the key to everything. Most people who get into this have some kind of a hobby vehicle, and it's got problems. You know, it's got dents in it. It may have some rust damage. So uh, with a hammer and dolly, you can fix the dented areas. Once you get into rust damage, you'll need to do some welding. So you eventually need to pick up some welding equipment. And uh, air tools are just the greatest thing that's ever been invented. You know, you can buy 
decent quality import air tools for 20 or 30 bucks these days. So I encourage people to get a pretty darn good air compressor to run their air tools with. I think that's a very basic tool that people should get sooner rather than later. Now, question for you, Ron, because honest to God, I have used some of the weirdest, oddest things to bang metal on telephone poles, you know, different parts of other cars, you know, frames. If I needed a curve and I couldn't find anything with the tools I had, I've used different things, items, you know, something that's just hard and I can hit it with a hammer around my shop. I mean, I think your greatest tool is, in that case, is your mind and what you can use to form the shape that you need. I, I couldn't agree more, Willie. That's being creative is the key to all of this. You, you probably have something within three feet of you that will allow you to do what you need to do. You just yeah. have to be creative about using what you have at your fingertips. Yeah. I, was, I do the same thing when I hear a loud car go down the road. I'm looking this way. I'm looking that way. I'm looking up. I'm looking down. I'm like, where? Where's that car coming? I'm the same way hunting in my shop for something to, you know, manipulate a turn. I need a little bit more, you know, this direction. What can I use? And you find something in around the shop or other tools, other shapes, other things. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, a little time, a little hammer, a little, a little, a little patience, and you'll get the shape that you need. It's, uh, it really is within a three-foot radius, typical of most shops. Let me just add something here. I remember distinctly... Uh a car I was working on for a friend. I actually went to my friend's shop to do the work, so I didn't have my whole set of tools with me, and I needed to make a hood for his car. It was a Model T Ford, and he didn't have any sophisticated forming equipment at all, so I looked around and looked around, and there was literally a telephone pole at his driveway, and it turned out to be just the right diameter to bend the metal around to create the hood for his car. It worked great. Yeah, I've used a telephone pole too. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you can find. Yeah, that's why I always tell people, like, don't be intimidated because a hammer dolly set's not very expensive. And, and like Ron said, I mean, it can really get you started and, and kind of has approaches exactly some of my experience, right? Doing patch panels and stuff. And you start getting into maybe some a little more complicated areas of the car where you have to bend and fold and shape. And the next thing you know, you got your little hammer out and you find something, whether it's, you know, the anvil on your vice or like you said, it could be the telephone pole or anything that's got near the shape uh, and you can start forming it around. Next thing you know, you realized you just shape something with the bare basics of anything. And so, you know, you can really start to make, you know, cool stuff with very little. And then, you know, if you find yourself really enjoying it, you know, take a course. Right. Sign up for one of, you know, Ron's yeah. workshops and, and spend a day or two days at a weekend. And I guarantee you, your mind will be blown. And the next, you know, the other part is you get to hang out with and, and don't take this the wrong way, Ron. But what I think of is the Bob Ross of metalworking, metal shaping, because he has such a easy going, you know, happy tree kind of mentality, uh, <laughs> you know, and like breaking it down and ease it and, you know, don't be stressed and, and it's just a great way to learn, but then you can add on, you know, so you go, all right, I'm going to go get that, you know, cheaper import set of shrinker and stretchers. Now I can do more stuff, more depth, or I can get that bag, you know, my shot bag and I yeah. can start, you know, pounding it with my little mallet and, and really get some depth into it. So you can grow into some pretty incredible things with very little, uh, investment, right? And it's all about your creativity and, and just finding outlets, whether it's on YouTube, 
you know, workshop or other, your buddy shop to, to learn a few of those little tricks and, and how to break the problem down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no doubt. Let me, and let me just offer one other small piece of advice. Uh, your wife's leg isn't a really good tool to try to work metal on with a hammer and dolly. That's, that's the one tool I found out that's not really applicable in this, uh, in this case. It might be the right shape. Exactly, it was. But, yeah, right. but she's got something to say <laughs> about it. Um, all right, so Ron, question for you before we run out of time. What would be, if somebody is interested in, you know, doing from rust repair to moving some metal and making panels and get a little creative, you know, on their rat rod or their old school pickup truck, what would be three pieces of Ron Cavell advice that you would give them? Well, uh, it's always good to think about what you want to accomplish before you start hammering on something. You know, uh, maybe it's easier to find an existing part on a car that you could cut off at a wrecking yard and weld onto your car rather than shaping something from scratch. Sometimes making it from scratch is the best way, but it's good to at least entertain some other, some other ideas. Um, Everybody who does this work probably has some buddies who've been down the same road before. So learn what you can from other people with experience. You know, you don't have to invent the wheel from scratch every time. If you can benefit from somebody else's experience, that's a big plus too. And maybe the last thing is don't be afraid. You know, nobody's born an expert at doing metal work. The way you learn it is by taking on a little bit more difficult projects each time you attempt a job that's yeah that's some great advice right there is don't be afraid because you know sheet metal's cheap you can go buy a big sheet of it and you know you can wad up the whole thing and throw yeah. it away and get another piece <laughs> you know you can decide not to weld it on your car because it looks ugly and you can yep. try again right exactly. or if you welded it on and it looks ugly you cut it back <laughs> off again that's the wonderful thing about metal uh that's a little bit different from wood yeah uh, you can cut it out and you can put it back you can screw it up and you can re-weld it back on like it it's so you know once you've shortened a piece of wood too short yeah it's done <laughs> right but uh you can cut metal too short and you can grow the metal back exactly yeah. <laughs> you can't grow it back <laughs> put it in water <laughs> put it in some water <laughs> all right ron question for you how do people find you, your books or your info? Or You know, I hear you got a really awesome DVD. I would love to, you know, maybe experience that firsthand if you got one laying around. How do people go find some of your knowledge that you're willing to share? Well, most people go to my website. It's real easy. It's uh, covell.biz. That's C-O-V-E-L-L dot B-I-Z. And all of the videos are there. We have 19 different titles. Recently, we've got the videos set up so people can download them to their computer so you don't have to have them shipped through the mail. So uh, that's, that's one way. I teach workshops across the nation. Uh, actually, I have one in Germany this year as well. And uh, people can check my website to see if there's anything close to them. All right. And one more time, what was that website? What was that website one more time? The website is covell.biz, C-O-V-E-L-L dot B-I-Z. Biz, my man. Awesome to talk to you. We so appreciate your time. Yeah. I'll, be, uh, I'll be looking for that DVD. I mean, I'll be ordering that DVD um, ASAP. <laughs> so, hey, Ron, 
thanks again for your time. Thanks again for sharing some of your knowledge. Really appreciate it. And keep on teaching, man. It's a, uh, it's a forgotten art for a lot of people out there. It's great to see you're still out there making it front and center. So we definitely appreciate that, all right? Yeah, and I can't thank you enough because I've learned so much from you uh, in the few short times that I've got to cross path with, paths with you. But, you know, all those things somewhere are still rattling around in my head. And damn it, if I don't find them, when I need them, and I go, man, that Ron guy is pretty damn cool. <laughs> so thank you very much, man. Yeah, and I'm thanking you in advance for what I'm going to learn from you after I get your DVDs. So there you go, <laughs> man. We we appreciate it, you guys. Ron Cavell, make sure you check him out. And check out our show, Two Guys Garage, airing weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings and throw a fit if they don't have it. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Ron Cavell. He's awesome. My man, Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. Our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. And don't forget, check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. And you know what that means? We are out of time. I had a blast. One of my favorite topics and things I love to do in the shop, uh, but we are out of time, and we'll have to catch you on the next podcast. Yeah, man. Go listen to metal. Go bang on metal. We'll see you next on the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.